0: We continue with the daily sports feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigert. Thanks for joining me. Let's talk to Kurt Sigmundi, a football coach at JMU as I get set for a bowl game. Don't know the opponent or where it will be, but I know you mentioned earlier in the year that that's not the goal, just to go to a bowl game. You want to win championships, but how special is it here when you can be in the bowl game for the first time in program history?
1: It's real special. And I think unofficially we did win a championship, which was important to us, <laughs> yes. but now, you know, there's a lot of excitement about the bowl game, uh, you know, when we find out who we're playing, when we're playing, where we're playing, we can get a little bit more specific in our preparation. Uh, we'll have a couple practices this week, but they'll be very general in nature just to stay sharp. And, uh, and then we'll get to work. Um, you know, bowl games are really nice, but they're a lot more fun when you win. Uh, <laughs> uh, the goal's the same. Made that clear to the kids today. Uh, we're going to go out and practice today. I expect to have great focus, keep our standards high and uh, maintain those positive practice habits throughout the week as we get closer to the game uh, because we've got to bounce back off of a good performance. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of warm fuzzies around here right now, a lot of feel good, which is good, okay. Um, but as we get closer to game time uh, and serious about our prep, uh, you know, we've got to be focused and have that edge.
0: Talk about kind of the this portion before the bowl game. Again, you don't know when it's going to be, so you don't know how much time you've, you've got. But um, will you take it easy with the guys a little bit, kind of ease them into it until you until you do know? And then obviously there's recruiting and everything else going on right now too.
1: Yeah, practices in general will be about 60% of what they normally are. And we'll work the young kids a little bit more in, in some of the contact uh, team periods uh, instead of the ones. Uh, but, you know, uh, the the ones will get seven on seven good on good against each other and everybody will get individual special teams work so because you got to stay sharp so uh generally speaking uh, you're going to get three to four practices normally at the bowl site and three to four on campus before you leave and then these are kind of the extras right here
0: is this uh, so many people say you know getting to a bowl game is important because of the extra time to practice do you, do you agree with that
1: I think it's good for the young kids to go out there, get reps, get coached. A lot of them have been on the scout team. Uh, they've been in meetings. They have a better understanding of the offense and the defense and the special team schemes. Uh, but now they're actually going to get coached, and you get a chance to sort of evaluate them going into spring bowl.
0: How challenging is it recruiting right now while you guys are trying to practice and the portal's going to open up here soon? Um, everything is going to be, be hot and heavy with that. Is that a challenge while you're trying to get ready for a bowl game? I don't think it's any more of a challenge
1: right now because we're spending 90% of our time on the portal, evaluating who's in, and guys are going in by the minute. So we'll continue to do that all week long because we're not spending a lot of time on an opponent. Mm -hmm. So we can spend a lot of time looking at the portal and then put together a generic practice schedule, get it scripted up, get out, get the work done. Um, But that'll change once
0: we know who we're playing. The portal's changed everything. I know we've talked about this, but, boy, it's a different animal now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's free agency. It's NFL free agency. Uh, And then you've got, you know, some teams at the par-5 level that will spend a lot of NIL money up front. Uh, You know, we don't do that here. So, uh, you know, it's a balancing act. Uh, The best players available. Uh, At the end of the day, you still got to develop them and then form that team attitude. Uh, But – You know, I always watch the TV copy of our game uh, when I go home or the next day, and, you know, I'm watching the TV copy the other day, and you got Jordan McLeod, you've got Lottie at running back, you got Surratt, you got Sproles. All those guys were brought in last December in the portal, and they didn't all come from Ohio State and Michigan. You know, Surratt came from St. Francis, Sproles, North Coast State. Jordan hadn't played in two years, was at USF in Arizona, and Lottie was from Stony Brook. So we've had success with those kind of
0: guys. I wanted to ask you that because I know you, you go over these guys with a fine-tooth comb because you, you want to get to know the type of person they are, if they're going to fit your program, and if you can develop them, if they're going to work hard. But you really take a hard look at these guys. You're not just going to take a guy from Ohio State or whoever because you don't know how they're going to work, but you can tell by, by some of these guys. You're going to take the right guys, aren't you?
1: It's always good to take somebody that has started and been productive. And been out there consistently uh relatively injury free uh over a guy that hasn 't played very much because you don't know what the issues are what 's preventing him from playing? Is it just physical ability or is it other things you know doesn 't love the game of football doesn't work hard, who knows you know gets injured a lot uh, so we've had success with those kind of guys, guys that have put it on the field. Uh, more so than taking the guys from the power five schools that, that haven't played.
0: And JMU head coach Kurt Signetti. And obviously another thing going on right now is coaching changes, other things like that. And obviously it's affected your family too. And I know that's hard, isn't it?
1: Well, <laughs> you know, the, the, this is the time of year where there's a lot of things happening. And when you have success, uh, you know, people are going to have opportunities. Um, we've always lost, uh, a few coaches here and there, uh, to higher paying jobs and I'm happy that we can provide those kind of opportunities for those guys. Staff, uh, stability is very important to me, you know, having Bryant Haynes for nine years and Mike for eight and had some guys seven and five. Um, so, you know, who knows what the future will bring. And, uh, you know, my, I know my name comes up on some things too. And, uh, but you know, I really like it here, uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, I know the university's doing everything they can to keep that momentum going. And uh, so, you know, I know what my plans are, uh, you know. And, you know, I'm totally focused on having a great practice today (laughs) and uh, having a great day of prep tomorrow.
0: Will you entertain conversations if if people call or anything like that? (laughs) Well, you know, I, I have a great job and
1: I've got a long-term contract and I really like it here. I like living here. I like the people. And I think we're building something special. Um, and you know, let's face it, head coaches get paid well. Now there's a lot of pressure and you got to produce, you got to win games, but the head coach in the Sunbelt, uh, even at, at the top tier, you know, if you're in the top tier, you're very appreciative, uh, you know, that people recognize you should be. Um, and, uh, but when you compare that maybe to uh, Big Ten SEC or ACC head coaches, you know, you're talking $5 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. So you, at, at that point, you almost owe it to yourself to listen a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you're driven by money. You're going to make a decision based on money.
0: And you mentioned, too, with your assistants that you've got great stability and you have great assistant coaches. But, again, with winning, people start to look at your program and look at those coaches. So, again, you hope to keep them around, but but you never know, do you?
1: You're not going to keep them around forever. I mean, you look at the coaches that have been at places for a long time. Like, look at Nick Saban. Now, he kind of likes to lose a few coaches every year, <laughs> you know, to keep uh, things sort of unsettled, people on their toes, new blood keep complacency from setting in at whatever level but uh you know he's had to replace a lot of coaches and most guys that have been at a place for a long time that's just part of the games that's why you got to keep a list and you're also developing your young coaches and creating opportunities when they're ready like Mike Shanahan you know both Bryant and Mike started out six thousand dollar part-timers for me at IUP <laughs> now they're my coordinators and uh so um if you can provide an opportunity from within, that's that's what you would really love to do. Sometimes you got to look outside.
0: As you look back at, at this year, and again, there's been some numbers put out, you're the only team to win six true road games this year. You're the only team to win eight games against teams that are playing in a bowl game this year. I know you're still focused on, on what's ahead and what's going on. You're focused on practice today. But to hear some numbers like that and be 11-1 to, to do what you've done, um, does that even still kind of shock you that that you're the first team to do this or the only team to do that?
1: Yeah, it's the first time I've heard that statistic, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it was extremely challenging to play those three away games, two, three, and four, mm-hmm. uh, go to play an ACC school, come away victorious, Uh, go down and play the conference champ from the year before who you didn't get to play and win at their place, get back at 4 in the morning and go out to Utah State and play basically at uh, 8 or 10 o'clock at night Eastern time and get back at 8 in the morning and get ready for a 12 o'clock game at home against South Alabama. You know, that wore on everyone. And then we knew the schedule was going to be extremely competitive this season going in. I knew I th- thought, hey, we might be a pretty good football team, and we could be two and three. Yeah, uh, but you know, this team was a special team uh, that was very resilient, and we won a lot of one-score games early in the season uh, because we believed. And you know, our defense came through. Let's face it: at the end of the at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. uh, when the chips were down, and. Um, so it was a tough schedule. Uh, it's a great accomplishment. I would have liked to have won 12, but didn't happen. Um, lessons to be learned. Uh, proud of the, the, the fact that we bounced back, played a four-quarter football game against Coastal Carolina, and now we got to play another one.
0: Was that stretch, and again, we talked a lot about this um, before the season began during during fall camp, that stretch of three consecutive road games and even the South Alabama game because, again, they won 10 games a year ago. After that stretch, is that kind of when you thought, hmm, this team team has a chance to to be pretty special this year? Or was there a spot that that you kind of thought that? Well, I think when we beat Virginia. I mean, that was a great win. And we came from
1: behind to do it. And thankfully got that rain delay (laughs) where we could regroup a little bit. You need some help along the way, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, we got a little help in the fourth quarter, and we regrouped real nice. That's a great win. I mean, felt really good about what what we had from a character standpoint, resiliency. Go down to Troy, man, that was a hard-fought game. Good football team. You know, they'd won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, So with every win, uh, you're developing more and more confidence as a football team. And, you know, confidence leads to success. Success leads to more confidence and belief. And then against Georgia Southern, we we came close to playing a four-quarter football game. We finally broke through in the second half and played a good second half, which was a barrier the previous three weeks. And uh, and we did it again against
0: Coastal. So um, a lot of good moments there. You know, Jordan didn't win the job out of fall camp. And you made no bones about it that, that Alonzo was the better quarterback in camp. Mm-hmm. Talk about Jordan and just what, what did he struggle with, I guess, during camp that didn't allow him to win the job to start the year?
1: Yeah. I told the coaches uh, in a staff meeting yesterday um, – I've never been in my 41 years of coaching. I've never been around a guy that improved so much in a 12-month period as Jordan did this year. You know, when he came to us, he you bring all the new guys in January, right? And they got to have their paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork involved: medical paperwork, just <laughs> academic uh, registration, a lot, yeah, a lot of stuff before they can work out. Well, he was the only guy that didn't have his stuff done. So he got off, kind of on the wrong foot with me, and uh, you know he hadn't played ball in two years, and he was had an okay uh, off season in the weight room, and spring ball, uh, you know we're rotating three quarterbacks, it's hard to get in a rhythm there, you know he flashed and showed his moments, but he was rusty, and uh, you know fall camp was sort of the same thing to be honest with you, Um, we did have the luxury of Bucknell in the opener. Alonzo uh, had done some nice things in camp. Um, we inserted Jordan in the third quarter. I thought he gave us a real spark. We were just different when he was in there. And uh, led us to a huge win against Virginia. Wasn't always perfect, but made some made plays and made that last play to count. And, you know, that, those last two drives in particular started the game real well. Um, I think uh, he went through a little period there where what, some kind of mental block in the third quarter, about three games there where didn't play particularly well, uh, but I think he overcame that hurdle against Georgia Southern and broke through that barrier. And then uh, you really start started to see him flourish. And you could, at that point, like the the progress wasn't incremental; it was by leaps and bounds. And uh, there were just some games at the end of the year where he was in total control and command, making quick decisions and. Uh, making plays with his legs and doing
0: a lot of good things. You give him a lot of credit for, for keeping his head up and because and, and, you and Tino coach him hard, <laughs> and you guys are hard on him, but and I'm sure it was hard at times for him. He, he's admitted to me that it was hard, a, a challenge at times, but he appreciated how you guys were coaching him, and it did seem like he, kinda, he really bought into that.
1: Well, he played in a good program in high school and had a lot of success, but the two programs he played in college weren't very good. So this place has a different kind of culture. And you know we've had great success with quarterbacks here every all four of them have been player a year in a league and uh so um I think uh you know he persevered and then he began to understand sort of w- w- what it was he was being asked to do and his role and why he was being coached the way he's being coached um and then you saw him just take it and run, and I still think he's got another level
0: he can attain the next year of this game and then next year as we talk about that but you know and you even lost you lost both your tackles you lost Abby Solomon <laughs> you lost your two linebackers for a while you lose the the sack leader <laughs> that still leads the country in sacks right now you lost a lot of guys that that were are impact players for you and your guys still were able to kind of fight through that and and, and you guys as coaches you're able to put guys in different spots to it might not have been what you planned but you were able to to make it work. When you look at that and just kind of think all the guys and the impact guys that you lost to to find a way to do what you did, I mean it, it is pretty incredible.
1: It just never slowed us down. And it tells you about this team's mindset and next man up mentality and their resiliency that you know anything you throw at us we can overcome. I mean we lost our linebackers in the Virginia game. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then we lose our NFL offensive tackle the first play of the utah state game and then lose tight the other tackle a couple games later It was
0: during that stretch we're talking about that's
1: so hard on the road i mean it was all during that no question but and you know we scratched claude always competed real hard always found a way when it was tough and um that this team was a special team from that standpoint a lot of good leaders on this team a lot of guys that could have really been the leader on the team And uh, they really were very focused day in, day out. We had very consistent practices. I would have to create things to find out find things (laughs) I was upset about to just kind of keep us from being too comfy. You do that? (laughs) (laughs) And
0: they competed hard
1: every Saturday.
0: Did you get a sense of that early? Because um, I remember just watching fall camp and, and, again, from the outside looking in, I just felt like this team was different than last year's. And, and I thought camp last year wasn't great for that team, and you go 8-3 and three and still had a good leaders and, and stuff on that team. But I just felt like camp, it just seemed different. Did you get a sense early that this team was maybe a little bit different, a little special? You know, honestly, I did not. Um, we went through
1: camp. I thought we had some question marks. You know, who was the quarterback going to be? We need some receivers to step up. Um, we were a little thin on the defensive line. Our, our, some of our defensive back positions were a little unsettled. Um, I didn't think we played particularly well in the first half against Bucknell. Uh, played better in the second. The Virginia win was huge. Coming, coming, uh, Going down to Troy and winning that game was huge. And then th- those wins just build on each other. And you started to see... You, well, you saw in the Virginia game, you saw in the Troy game at the end, you know, just the competitive spirit of this team. And, you know, I realized, like, wow, these guys, are, these guys really have a chance to be special.
0: And you mentioned your defense early on with those stops that you had against Virginia, against Troy. I mean, there were, like, f- four consecutive stops against Troy, a bunch of consecutive stops against Utah State. Again, um, so, many, so many good players on that side of the football, but that side really carried you early on and obviously played pretty well throughout the entire year.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bryant Haynes did a great job leading the defense. Our defensive lines uh, led the way, with the you know the rushing defense and the TFLs and sacks. Of course, linebackers and safety was a big part of that too. Linebackers were really good all year long. Um, I thought we got the secondary stabilized a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, after the third, fourth, fifth game, you know, getting pawns in there and then eventually moving the boundary and Jacob to safety and. Francis DeStrong, um, and we put Coles at Rover uh, this past game, and he played very well. So, uh, yeah, that's all. that's been the strength uh, of this team throughout, And but the offense had some terrific moments uh, as the season went on, too.
0: Was this one of your most, I guess, most fun season? It's not over, but, but did you have the most fun that you've had for a while?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this was probably the most meaningful season yet uh, because of everything that we accomplished, the hurdles we overcame, uh, a lot of new faces. I mean, that's college football nowadays. The national exposure that we received, uh, the university received, and uh, I think the future here
0: is unlimited. We talked about the portal, but I think the thing that's been amazing through these these two years of the transition is not – again, you lost some guys. You lost Antoine and Isaac and and Wesley and and other guys, but – you didn't lose a ton. Like, a lot of guys could have left. I, I know you and I had a conversation when when the waiver didn't pass. That boy, that could, really, that could really hurt you guys. But you didn't have a lot of guys leave. And that does speak to the culture and you and your coaching staff to keep guys around to be a part of this. I think that's the most amazing thing through these first couple of years because not being able to play for a championship, guys still stuck around and want to be a part of this.
1: Yeah. And it's for all the reasons you said, they have a lot of pride in the program and they like Uh, their teammates and the culture, the winning attitude. And the guys we did lose, you know, they left for big bucks, SEC, you know, South Carolina, Mississippi, Texas. Uh, And you're not going to keep guys like that.
0: Well, go win a bowl game, finish us off the right way. Thank you so much for your time and congrats on everything so far. Pleasure. Thank you.